Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where we are talking about your favorite teams every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball, where you can check out my bio there to see where I am covering the great game of baseball that I love, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I'm the co-editor. You can also cover me at Prospects 1500, where I covered Double A South prospects also cover the Birmingham Barons for Southside Sox and college baseball as well over at College Baseball Daily also make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at locked on underscore Braves getting really close to 500 followers there so appreciate all the support make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube as well make sure you comment down in the comment section on those videos I get back to every single one of your comments so please make sure that you're commenting there and keeping that discussion going and thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen each and every day. Right now, during the offseason, we're posting episodes three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But during the season, we'll be back to five days a week once this lockout hopefully ends, which I'm hoping is very, very soon. On today's podcast, I'm going to unveil my top 10 prospects in the Braves farm system, but I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to do it strictly based on on upside, and I'm going to rank them by the players that I think have the highest ceilings in the Braves farm system. So a little bit different twist on prospect rankings that I'm really excited about. I've watched a lot of video, like I said, and I'm really excited to talk about these prospects that I really can't wait to see in 2022. Before we get into the top 10, I wanted to give some honorable mentions. For me, there's really 15 prospects the Braves have right now at the top that I think is a pretty pretty safe top 15 that you feel could give some production at the major league level. Now, maybe not great production, but I think all these players in this top 15, we have a pretty good feeling of what they could be at the big league level. And I think all of these could be contributors of some sort. So from 11 to 15, um, and I'm going to do this actually from 15 to 11, I got Braden Shoemake. I think he's destined to be a utility-type player. I don't know that he'll ever be an everyday regular. I'm sure maybe he gets a shot at some point. But even when they drafted him, I thought he was more of a utility-type player, and that's really what I view him as right now. But I have very little doubts that he'll get to the big league level. I just don't know know that he'll ever be an everyday-type contributor. At 14, I got Jesse Franklin. Um, I was really excited to watch Jesse Franklin um, this uh, this offseason and dive into the video. Right now, I'd probably put him as a fourth outfielder or a left-handed power bat off the bench, which still can have a ton of value, as we just saw with Jock Peterson. Um, Tucker Davidson at 13. I love Tucker Davidson and Bryce Elder, who comes in at 12 as well. I think both of those are very safe bets to be fourth or fifth starters in a major league rotation for a good while. So I really love Tucker Davidson and Bryce Elder. I think those are very safe floors for those two guys. And then I have Joey Estes at 11. Uh, I think he could potentially get bumped up, and as some players graduate, he certainly will. Uh, But very excited about Joey Estes and his future. I think he's just outside of the top 10 right now for me. 
And a couple of prospects who could rise in 2022 that I wanted to throw out at you. I'm really excited to see what A.J. smith Shaver does, the 2021 draft pick for the Braves. Uh, big fastball, really big stuff. Uh, just kind of raw, needs to control it a little bit better. And I think he could be a prospect that, that makes huge jumps in 2022. Same for Emborius Tavares, um, who obviously you know we haven't seen play yet. But the really first big international signing the Braves have made after the penalties were lifted, or actually the penalties were still somewhat in place at that point. But I'm really excited to see what he can do. Hopefully he gets his first taste of professional baseball in 2022. So really excited about him. All right, but let's jump into the top 10 for me right now. Again, this is based on upside. Players who I think have the most Upside. So I'm going to give you their ceilings for all of these for what I think they could potentially be one day at the big league level. And coming in at number 10 for me is Kyle Muller. And we've already gotten a taste of Kyle Muller at the big league level, and it was a, a really good run for him. I think the league started to adjust to him a little bit, and you know, therefore he started to struggle at the end. But even going back and watching those starts at the end where he was struggling, I didn't think he was too terrible. Um, it's just you know he ran into a good Reds lineup in his last start. Um, but he has a plus-plus slider. That slider was unhittable even at the big league level. My, my main thing with him is the fastball. You know, a guy that big, you would think he would, you know, have a little bit more velocity. And he does. He throws good. I would like to see him sit more mid 90s. A lot of the starts I watched, he's tended to, his velocity tended to fade later into games. I would like to see him, you know, build up that endurance to be able to throw into the mid 90s, into the fourth and fifth innings. I think that would be huge for him. He's got that curveball as well that he, he's working on trying to develop. For me, I think he's a very safe bet as a number three starter, but I think he has a, um, or I think that he has a ceiling as a number three starter. I think he's a pretty safe bet for, you know, a back with a rotation arm. But if he does, you know, learn to keep that velocity up with that fastball and command it a little bit better um, and does develop a curveball, I mean, I think he, I think he could easily be a, a solid number three starter. So I got Kyle Muller at number 10 on my list right now. At number nine, I have Jared Schuster. Um, fastball, changeup, curveball, slider, and the changeup is a plus-plus pitch. I mean, it is. it may be the best changeup, one of the best changeups in minor league baseball, certainly the best changeup in the Braves system. So uh, very you know, good stuff from Jared Schuster that I'm excited about. Didn't necessarily love the pick when it happened, and I'll say the same when we get to Ryan Cusick as well, spoiler alert. But I did like going back and watching Jared Schuster like this stuff. His fastball really plays up in the zone. That slider is going to be a make-or-break pitch for him, and whether or not he makes it as a starter or is moved to the bullpen, I think he would do very well in a bullpen role as a, as a lefty reliever. But that changeup is good enough, and we've seen what Ian Anderson can do with pretty much a fastball changeup combination. I, th I think Schuster has the ceiling of a, a number two starter. That's very... I think it's very fringy. I think he would have to really develop that curveball and slider a little bit. Um, but I think he does have a ceiling of a, a number two starter, most likely more of a safe bet as a, a number three. Or like I said, could be a very good high leverage reliever with that fastball changeup combination that he has. And then at number eight, somebody I was really high on this year, and he 
proved it once he got moved up a level, actually. But Freddie Tarnick, I am really excited about him. I think he also has the ceiling as a, a number two starter. I think he has that kind of stuff. And there's still projectability with him. It seems like there's still room to grow for him, which is why I could see him reaching that ceiling. But he already has two plus pitches in my mind in the fastball and that curveball, which is really good. He also throws a changeup slider and sinker. But that fastball curveball combination is really good for him. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he does. Uh, and especially in 2022, you know, continuing to pitch at the double A level, think he could move up quickly. But I'm really excited about Freddie Tarnock. I've you know, been waiting for him to pitch for a while now. Finally got a full season in last year, and he was really impressive to me. So I have him at number eight on my list. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution at all because I actually enjoy eating Built Bars. And have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow they're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, just like all other Built Bars are. Low-calorie, high-protein, replace your candy bar with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from 200 to 300 calories, and Built Bars have much less than that, usually around 130 calories, so they're good for you, and they taste great. Go to Built.com right now, scroll down to the macros chart, where you'll be blown away by the high-protein, low-calorie, high fiber low carb diet that you have here with built bars and tons of great flavors from mint brownie coconut coconut almond right now they have the white chocolate cookies and cream that is so good they're all delicious at built bar they are all about taste they will make make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy for you so go to built.com use our promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order again use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com all right, continuing the countdown here with number seven. I kind of hinted at it a minute ago, but I have Ryan Cusick at number seven on my list. I really didn't know what to make of him. Again, like Schuster, I was not exactly thrilled with the first round selection. A lot of risks involved here with Cusick, but you know, I do think his floor is a high leverage reliever. And you no, know, that's not a bad floor to have, especially in today's game but to spend a first round pick on that you know is obviously very risky but watching him pitch I mean the guy is touching 100 in the minor leagues now he didn't work deep into games this year they're still trying to get him stretched out for a starter's role but I mean that fastball is electric and I mean he kept that velocity you know into the third and fourth innings which is about as deep as he went in 2021 but primarily fastball slider, the starts I watched, it was probably 60-65% fastball and the rest were sliders, maybe an occasional changeup that he mixed in there. So he's going to have to continue to develop those secondary pitches, but that fastball alone is a, a plus-plus pitch, you know, being able to throw it at that velocity and he's he can get away with that at the lower levels. But as he moves up, obviously going to have to work on those secondary pitches and his slider, you know, it it's more like a slurve. At times, it's going more east to west, and then at other times, it has some really good drop on it. So I think he's still trying to figure that pitch out. I don't know if he's meaning to throw it two different ways or not, or if they're two different pitches, but 
Sometimes I'm watching that slider and it's moving right to left. The other times it's dropping more north to south. Um, but I do think he has a ceiling of a you know top of the rotation pitcher. Like I said, I think he, if that doesn't work out, he's going to be a, a high leverage seventh, eighth, ninth inning type of guy. So I think he has a big impact uh, either way at the major league level. Again, has a lot of work to do as a starter. You know, you don't normally get that when you're taking a college pitcher that high. You're normally looking at somebody that could move up quickly, but I don't think that's going to be the, the case with Cusick here. They're going to have to continue to stretch him out as a starter. He has a, a lot of work to do to reach that ceiling. But again, when you have a fastball that's as electric as his is, and it's one, it was one of the best in that draft, you know, you, he has a high ceiling. It's just it could take a while for him to reach it. All right, number six on my list is Vaughn Grissom, somebody who's gotten a lot of hype this offseason after a very good 2021. You know, right now he has a plus hit tool. Um, he doesn't strike out a ton, but he does, you know, take his walks. He will draw his walks. Even though he is somewhat of a free swinger, he will draw his walks um, because he has a, a very good, mature, you know, approach at the plate. Decent power. Um, and I think that could come a little bit more depending on, you know, with his size, there's obviously some room for potential growth there. It's not necessary for him to become a, a quality big leaguer, but I think there is, you know, obviously some extra power potential in there, but he already has some very good poolside power that, uh, right now. And he reminds me a lot of Andleton Simmons at the plate. You know, not in the field, Andleton Simmons, but reminds me a lot of him at the plate with his, his stance and just the way he looks physically and the way that he puts the bat on the ball. He reminds me a lot of Andleton Simmons. And I think that's likely the hitter we see, you know, in Andleton's best years. He's a 270, 330 hitter with 15 to 20 home runs. And that's what I see as the ceiling for Vaughn Grissom. And that's a, you know, a really good quality middle infielder, which, you know, I think is what he'll be. I don't know if he'll stick at shortstop. You know, if he does develop into more power, you could potentially move him to third base. I think he has the arm for that. Or if not, I think he could move over to second base. So, you know, I think he has very good potential at the big league level. I think he'll be a very solid and capable player. Like I said, a lot will depend on how the home run power develops a little bit whether or not where he plays position-wise or just the type of hitter that he is. But just watching him right now, I mean, very good bat-to-ball skills, a very good hitter. That is his plus tool that he's carrying right now. And number five on my list is Christian Pache. Look, we know it. We already know a lot about him. We've seen him at the big league level a couple of times now. Elite defender, although that hasn't always played at times at the major league level, but you know, we've seen enough out at the minor league level to know he's going to be an elite defender once he figures out, you know, all these major league ballparks. Uh, one of the best defensive players, if not the best in all of minor league baseball. And that alone will be what carries him as a major league player and why he'll be a major league player. The only question was, is will he hit enough? And, you know, I'm really encouraged of the things that I saw in the second half of the 2021 season at Gwinnett. You know, I was writing back then at TomahawkTake.com. I wanted him to get a look at the big league level at the end of 2021 in case the Braves wanted to use him in the postseason. You know, he didn't get that opportunity, but he continued to work at Gwinnett and put up some good numbers in the last couple of months there. I think he'll have a, 
I think the ceiling for him is Kevin Kiermeyer. I've been saying that for a while. I think that's his ceiling where he plays gold glove level defense and is an average to below average hitter, you know, hitting eighth or ninth in your order. And I think that's okay. And that's still really good to have an elite defender in center field like that who can hit 240, 250 and give you 15 to, to 20 home runs, maybe 10 to 15 home runs you know that's still really good I know that's probably not what people were hoping for when you know he's been ranked as the Braves number one prospect in the past but you know that's still a really good prospect that's still a really good player I mean I think a lot of people would say they they like Kevin Kiermaier I think a lot of race fans would say they like Kevin Kiermaier I think that's the ceiling for Christian Pache right now and then at number four I was a bit surprised at myself at this because I've been so hard on him in the past but I still have Drew Waters at number four. And, you know, again, like I said, I've been hard on him in the past. I've watched him a couple times in person and just did not come away impressed. But you have to remember, he has been, you know, a young player at every level that he's played at. He's been, you know, really too young for that level. And he's still impressed up until he got to the AAA level where he's gotten exposed you know, even more so, and the strikeout rates have gone up, uh, the walk rates have gone down, and it's up to him to adjust now at this point. But and and then he did somewhat to his um, to his benefit in 2021. He brought down his walk percentage and his K percentage from 2019. Granted, it was a very small sample size in 2019, but he got his K percentage down from 30 percent. Um, or he, no, he got it down 30% from 35%. He needs to continue to work on that, get it down to around 25%, which is still pretty high, but you'll take that if he's giving you power. And that's one of the other things I need to see from him is to give us more power. I think he had 11 home runs in 2021 with Gwinnett. Would like to see him you know, obviously push that more up to 20 home runs. Um, but the reason I still have him here at number four is because I think his upside is as a hitter is more than Pache, and I think he can be a very good defender as well. I still think Pache, or I, th- I still think Waters can be a 2020 type player, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, you know, a 260, 270 type player with 20 to 25 home runs and 20 stolen bases. I still think Waters has that ceiling and has that ability and that's why you know I'm not ready to give up on him just yet Uh, he's still just entering his age 23 season so I'm not ready to to just give up on him you know I would not be surprised if he is dealt you know either this offseason or sometime during the season if the Braves want to make a big upgrade I wouldn't just trade him for the sake of trading him but again we're just looking mainly at ceiling with this ranking and I still think Waters has a very high ceiling as a 2020 player but got to cut down on that strikeout rate got to continue to prove the walk rate which is actually pretty good in 2021 and continue to prove on those power numbers bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues its march through the playoffs with the super bowl coming up this weekend BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports, scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right, so I got my top three prospects, and I'm really excited about these top three. I think these are a, a tier above the ones that I just mentioned. Um, I think all three of these have very high ceilings, and I think they're very attainable ceilings for all three of these prospects. But coming in at number three is catcher Shea Langoliers. And look, I think he's the safest pick of all of these. He's already an elite defensive catcher, and I don't believe that will change as he moves up levels and gets to the major leagues. And it's pretty safe power projection as well. I mean, I have very little, little doubts that he will continue to be able to hit home runs as he goes up levels and as he gets to the major leagues. I mean, we already saw him do it at Double A and Double A South, a, a league that I cover, which is really hard to hit home runs in. And we already saw him mash over 20 home runs there. So I believe the power is real. He may never be a 270, 280 hitter, but I think he'll hit you know 20, 25 home runs from the catcher position and hit 240, 250 while playing an elite level defense, that's a really good catcher. And that is a catcher to get excited about. And that's what I think Shea Langoliers can be. So, And I think that's a pretty safe projection. Uh, I mean, I, I almost want to say that's the, that's the floor for him. I, I, you know, There's a potential that he could be even better than that if he becomes you know, a little bit more polished hitter overall and maybe sees those average numbers go up. But I think he'll hit for power. I think he'll play elite-level defense. And what more could you really ask for from the catcher position? So I'm really high on Shea Langoliers. I think he's going to be a very good catcher for the Braves for a long time. At number two is Spencer Strider. And this may be the one that shocks some people, maybe not. But um, obviously he, he gained a lot of hype this past year, even came up and made his debut with the Braves, I'll be honest, at that point, I did not know a lot about him. As I've said before, I don't get a chance to watch a lot of minor league games during the season. So, again, another one I was really excited to go back in and watch video on from this past season. And I was blown away, um, you know, with what this kid can do. And I'm going to talk about it with Michael Harris, who, spoiler alert, is number one on my list. But Spencer Strider just carries himself like he's going to be a great big league pitcher. And, you know, there's just something to that. And I'll be honest, this putting Spencer Strider 2 is more of a feel thing than anything else. Yes, he has the plus fastball. He still needs to work on his secondary pitches, that slurve and that changeup in order to be an elite starting pitcher at the big league level. But I just love his mentality. And, you know, there's that Fangrass article interview that he had and just listening to his mentality. He knows what he needs to do to compete in order to succeed as a starting pitcher at the big league level. And I just believe in the guy. I believe he's going to get there. And I believe he has the ceiling as a, a frontline starter, you know, a number two starter, potentially number one starter even. That's how confident I am in, in Spencer Strider. You know, he still has stuff to work on. So I know he made his debut with the Braves in 2021. I would not be surprised at all if he doesn't pitch at the big league level at all in 2022, at least not as a starter. I could see him coming up you know, as a reliever late in the year again, but he still has plenty of things to work on as a starter at the minor league level where he's primi primarily just dominated with a fastball. And you know that's not always going to cut it, 
at the big league level, so he's going to have to continue to work on that. But I am really excited about Spencer Strider. I can't wait to see what he does in 2022. But I, I think he has a, a very high ceiling and a very high floor as well because if things don't work out for him as a starter, I can see him being an elite level closer or eighth inning reliever. So again, kind of like I talked about you know, with Cusick and Schuster, I think either way, they're going to have a big impact at the major league level, whether it comes as a elite, you know, top of the rotation type starter or as an elite reliever in the back of the bullpen. All right. And then number one, I uh, already kind of gave it away, is Michael Harris the second. No real surprise here. He's gr- grown to the top of a lot of these rankings already. And again, kind of like Strider, when you watch Michael Harris bat and you watch him in the box it's just he has that that certain swag about him you know like he knows he belongs he knows he's a big league level player you know a lot bigger than I really thought he was and obviously there's still some room for growth in him the only tool he doesn't have right now is that power tool and you know if he gets that then we got a five tool player because he he already has the other four uh, the guy can hit he can hit for average. He can run. He can throw. I mean, this guy has it all. Um, and, you know, if that power comes along, we're talking about a perennial all-star type player here. You know, if he can get to just 20, 25 home runs, I feel pretty confident he's going to hit 280 or higher. The thing that really shocked me the most about watching Michael Harris is just his approach at the plate. It is so mature. Now, he's at, he was at the lower levels. He was at high A. You'll have to see if that continues as he goes up levels. But I was just really blown away by his approach at the plate in the games that I saw. Not chasing pitches, very disciplined, waiting for a good pitch to hit. Uh, I, I was honestly just shocked. I mean, I knew he had all the tools and the ability, but you know, I went back and watched probably 10 or so games of his, and just every game you know, he was having – good at bats I really only saw him have one or two bad at bats and even when he was making outs it was on hard contact a lot of line drives so you know he gets the barrel to the baseball so I am really excited about Michael Harris I know a lot of others out there are as well I mean I think he's going to be a a 280 type hitter 340 on base and then you know right now it's looking like a 10 to 15 home run a year type of guy If that power comes, he gets into the 20s. Again, I think we're talking about a perennial all-star, but even as he is right now, I think we're looking at a a very good major league outfielder. And not to mention, he's just behind Christian Pache in terms of defense, so a very good gold-glove caliber defender in center field as well. So Michael Harris, the pretty obvious choice for number one on this list, but I really loved going back, watching these prospects, putting this list together. It's got me really excited for the upcoming minor league season. Like I said, maybe we don't get a major league baseball season, but we should at least get a minor league season. And I can't wait to watch these Braves prospects because I'm really excited to see what they do in 2022. So let me know what you think of these rankings. Give me your thoughts on your top 10 right now. Remember, this is strictly based on upside but hopefully you enjoyed that i certainly enjoyed watching video and going through these players and ranking them out but that will do it for this episode of locked on braves be sure to follow us on twitter at locked on underscore braves you can follow me at shortstop ball also make sure you subscribe to us on youtube and make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and we will talk to you next time 
Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 